For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The mission is simple. Rank every single offense among all 32 NFL teams ahead of the 2022 NFL season. That's it, Hayden. That's what we're going to do in the next, I don't know, 30, 45 hour. Depending on how much we agree, how much we disagree, chat getting involved. How are you feeling? How are you going to pitch or outline or explain your positions with these teams? Well, I know all the fan bases are going to love where we have their team ranked. I'm sure everyone's going to be completely agreeable with us. This is a forward thinking podcast. This is the goal of this is obviously to have a little bit of fun today, but also to walk through some of our best ball picks, where to stack players and all that type of thing. But this is not about the past. This is about the future. So what happened last year is just a small piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I mean, this is all to me going to be entertainment value, superstars, how much I'm going to enjoy watching these players. There's a lot that goes into it. We create a whole sheet of about 20 different columns. I'm not going to show you because that'll get rid of. I'm just kidding. We did not do that. Chat, we do want you to be involved. If you think we are completely off base with how we on the fly are going to do this tears day, we wanted to get involved. Let us know. What I think the best way of going through the show is just going to start You nominate one, I nominate one, and going back and forth throughout until we have, again, all 32 teams on the board. Cool? Let's do it. Do you want to start? No, you start. All right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're going straight to S tier. And uh, last year, obviously, they were the second scoring offense. They were third in EPA per play. Those are going to be my two baseline stats. Um, They swap the right guard. The offensive line doesn't look as good, possibly. They lost some other depth. Chris Godwin comes back. Gronk just retired, so now we have Cameron Brait. Even with all that, Tom Brady was so damn good. Mike Evans, so damn good. Their tackle play looks awesome again, and Russell Gage was a pretty good player. So uh, if the Tampa Bay Bucks aren't in S tier, I don't know what, what the hell we're doing. There's only one way, I think, for this team to fail other than a Tom Brady injury, and it's if the offensive line just totally crumbles. Like, the benefit of having Donovan Smith, Tristan Wirfs, Shaq Mason, Ryan Jensen resigning and then figuring out what the left guard spot. Uh, that's a no brainer to me. Obviously we got the news today that Rob Gronkowski is retiring, but adding on someone I can't stop drafting on underdog fantasy this summer, Russell Gage, Chris Godwin, I don't know, end of October, middle of November. And then Cameron Brait, who these two tight ends, I think combined for what 20 red zone targets last season. Um, that's plenty. That's plenty. And as we have outlined in previous shows, Tom Brady has the ability at the line of scrimmage, pre-drive, whenever he wants to do it, to run seven straight time if they're giving him soft boxes or to pass it seven straight times. He has complete control and no one is still throwing more down the field than Tom Brady is at this age. It's, it is impenetrable, this offense right now. Yep. For fantasy purposes, Cameron Brate, uh, I think that he's going to be 
getting close to tight end one, two conversation. Like you said, the red, those red zone targets turned it into 12.6 expected touchdowns. If you combine Cameron Brate, Gronk and OJ Howard, obviously those two leave Cameron Brate. It's probably, they're probably going to bring in like Jared cook or something like that. Not concerned. Chris Godwin might start the year on the pup list, which is four games missed. But even if that happens down the stretch, man, this team's going to be locked and loaded. So, yeah. Okay. Agreement with you with the Bucks and the S here. And we haven't even thrown in Rashad White's name, and that could be a little fun pass game weapon that they have there because he was so elusive and so much fun in, in space. Uh, why don't we stick in the S tier and we'll go with the Buffalo Bills. It's not like perfect around him in terms of every single skill position player that we are absolutely in love with. But you have maybe more responsibility, other than Tom Brady, of the offense being on a quarterback's shoulders in Josh Allen, and he has risen to the occasion in so many spots. Hopefully all of you, if it's your first time tuning in, check out our quarterback ranking show. Josh Allen, unquestioned, one-on-one. What he does in terms of inside the 20, what he does throwing down the field, and how he has just become the complete package in the short to intermediate game. I don't know how much we're factoring in play calling here, but I don't think a play caller can hold back this offense from hitting the S tier category. They lost some wide receiver depth. I don't think Jamison Crowder and Isaiah McKenzie getting more work. Is that much of a downgrade to Cole Beasley? I think Gabe Davis will take another step forward, replacing Manuel Sanders. We love Dawson Knox. We like what his athleticism does. I think that that's going to take over. They have James Cook now as a pass game. They couldn't throw to any of their running backs because all of their running backs couldn't catch passes last year. So this offense is locked and loaded. Second in scoring, uh, third in EPA last year. This team's just ready to go. I do think if Stefan Diggs or Gabe Davis go down, then this is going to be a complete step back for the offense. I mean, that's only natural for a lot of wide receiver groups that we go through in this in this exercise. But as they sit right now, S tier 100%. I will note, I was reading The Athletic, and they're saying it's a toss-up between Isaiah McKenzie and Jameson Crowder starting yep. the slot. One of them, Isaiah McKenzie, goes undrafted, one Crowder goes at like 123rd, 130th overall, right in that range. Draft some Isaiah McKenzie. If we get one more big training camp report from Isaiah McKenzie starting, his ADP is going to climb about five rounds. So get some get some shares now. I might be able to be a bit more multiple too with OJ Howard and running two tight end sets. And they did draft Khalil Shakur in round five to be that number four, in their opinion, to play all three spots. And he's going to get practice at all three spots throughout training camp. So maybe some smart moves there okay two down in the s tier we're sticking there are there any more names that belong in the s tier i have one more i had three people or three teams in the s tier and that's the kansas city chiefs i know they lost tyreek hill i'm very curious to see what happens they were still first in epa per play last year fourth in scoring i think that uh mvs juju sky Moore do enough to uh at least keep this offense afloat i think the running back group is going to be uh improved this year with ch healthy uh ronald jones in there for more of a goal line Back and this offensive line is still pretty damn good. I don't see any reasons to be moving them down uh, quite yet. If you want to talk about Tyreek Hill trading teams, I mean, they should be in the A tier. I'd like to do that next offseason. I'm going to give Patrick Dan Mahomes the benefit of the benefit of the doubt here. I understand giving him the benefit of the doubt, and it's just not going to be as explosive as it was. You know, like there were plays at the end of the year, as we saw with Tyreek Hill taking a pattern 17 yards down the field and outrunning everyone to the edge and along the sideline. And that's gone as much as we like MVS and how he can create big plays. That's just not going to happen. 
in that regard. So some, some things do have to change, but I think they've changed along with it. Patrick Mahomes has changed along with it during the second half of last season. Uh, Rojo, as much as I have been out in previous years, where is the weakness of Clyde edwards Lair so far in the NFL? Uh, inside the 10, inside the 5, maybe at very least, that's where Ronald Jones is going to impact the passing game, or excuse me, the running game, and then the passing game, Jarek McKinnon rolling him back as well. Uh, again, all of these, most of these teams, I should say, could be one player away of, of crumbling in some spots. This offense isn't going to be close to what it is if something does happen to Travis Kelsey, but the only game since he's missed since his rookie season was last year during COVID for an injury or whatever concern. So Travis Kelsey has certainly been an Iron Man throughout his NFL career despite his age. Just looking at it, it seems like the best offenses are more fragile this year than last year. Like you said, with Gabe Davis, Steph Diggs, one of them goes down. The wide receiver group's looking pretty weak. Same thing with the Chiefs, even with the Buccaneers at this point, too. So some of the top offenses don't look like as elite as they did um, a season ago. And the Chiefs' offense is incredible in terms of their offensive line. Like They were top 10 run, top 10 in pass in terms of blocking and for both. Just trust that a little bit more, and I think we will see that okay i'm not going to touch anything the s tier i could hear some arguments that maybe we'll get to in a little bit i want to jump all the way from the s to true weather's hell tier um we're going to throw the chicago bears in the hell tier i understand i understand if a second year justin fields gets you amped and gets you excited look i was pumped heading into 2021 but I was completely neutered within like three games of watching him. We got tough. so much more garbage than we got excitement. There might've been a couple series per game, one series per game, one play per game that got you out of your seat a little bit. And where that offensive line where they led the league in sacks last year, let off and sacks are also a quarterback sat and Justin Fields, 100% made some things worse in situations. I think there's an argument that it could be an even worse offensive line this season. For sure. And everything can revolve around that, especially for bad teams when you have your quarterback learning on the fly and there's no wide receiver or tight end that's going to elevate him as a passer or make things easier for him as a passer. Running backs are great, but the offense is held here for me. Who's going to beat press man coverage on this team? Like, I, I think Darnell Mooney's a fine player, but if you look at reception perception, you just watch his damn tape. He's like a, a scheme touch guy and explosive after the catch guy. So like this team is disaster. I was going to put them in D tier, but I, I'm open to hell tier. Did you have uh, any in hell tier? Yeah. The Cleveland they were Rams. my first. They were my first in hell tier or the Chicago Bears. I've got three teams in hell tier starting off with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, obviously this off season puts them into hell tier to start. Um, just talking about the Deshaun Watson news from this last week. Um, we've had a couple, couple things come up. Um, there's some reports that they that they think he's going to be suspended probably for one season. Even the NFLPA, who's starting to represent uh, Deshaun Watson, says that they're expecting an unprecedented uh, suspension. I think it's going to be a full year. They might try to get the appeals going. The today's settlement doesn't really impact that at all. They were like we were waiting for Deshaun Watson to settle these cases. There's still four more ongoing. If those women hold out, he's still going to have to go to court. I'm unsure what's going to happen with that, but I'm expecting Deshaun Watson to be suspended for most of the season. Uh, possibly all of it. Jacoby Brissett, there was a report that they might trade for a quarterback 
because um, right. Baker Mayfield's not coming back and they don't trust Jacoby Brissett. What is this offense going to look like? J.C. Treader's still a free agent. Uh, Amari Cooper is going to be a band-aid to this uh, wide receiver core. And if we're going to round down, we're rounding down on the freaking Browns. They deserve to be in hell here. I've had enough of them. Is that mainly the point? That no matter what, they're in the hell tier? Of course. I, I, okay. Totally fair. Won't make an argument. If I was to make an argument, I would say that maybe this season Nick Chubb has the most carries in the NFL, even if Kareem Hunt is on the roster. Like I, I could see that being an outcome. I mean, Nick Chubb is arguably the best runner in the league with the ball in his hands, and that offensive line is great too. You know, they're not as good though. They're they're they're, they're not very good. good, but they're not as good. Last note on the the damn Browns. Um, we had news today that uh, Dearness Johnson is possibly a trade candidate. It can tr- either Kareem Hunt or Dearness Johnson is getting traded this offseason. I don't know to where. I don't know which one they would rather keep. They're both on one year deals. They don't need all three of them. Uh, so I'm with you that Nick Chubb is still like an absolute. He probably is the best running back, uh, raw runner in the league. But I mean, damn the this offense with the Brown or with uh, Jacoby Brissett it could look really, really, It'll really look bad. A lot different. Yeah. It's yeah. I'm not, I mean, Jaco- Jacoby basically came in for Tua at times to run red zone or end zone situation looks like he was a situational quarterback. And to your point, them potentially looking as who was a Jake Trotter saying it, Yep, that they could look to a, a, another Avenue for a quarterback. Um, they, they, he said maybe Baker Mayfield for Jimmy, or Jimmy. straight up. I yeah. mean, come on. If that's it, just for that report alone, they're in hell tier next. So I have no idea where to go from here. I have no clue where to go. Um, gosh. Put can Washington in hell tier. Put Washington in hell tier. I can't. I don't know if I can. Oh, my I, I don't think I can put Washington in hell tier. Um, okay. I'll, I'll play the safe spot. I'll play the safe spot and go with – I. To me, this could be an S, but because of their lack of proven depth at all skill positions, all of them, wide receiver and running back, that prevents the Los Angeles Chargers from jumping to the S category, right? They firmly probably sit at the top of the A. We outlined it with Justin Herbert, how he throws the blind spots in defense, how, I mean, again, fantasy quarterback two last season being drafted somewhere in that range this season. Your point on four great offensive linemen makes sense. Hopefully you have a decent turnstile at right tackle and then a decent pass protecting player at running back. And that allows him to hit more five and seven step drops and more downfield patterns. He has the arm to do it. They have enough starters to do it, but I'm a little bit nervous if one piece cracks and that's why they don't fit among the S tier like some of the rest. Yeah, the depth's just not there. They are a right tackle away from having one of the best offensive lines in the league. And there are some right tackles available um, still. Even, I mean, uh, they're replacing Brian Belaga, but Brian Belaga didn't play much last year. Correct. So the right tackle spot's not going to get worse than it was last year, and they upgrade on the uh, interior. So uh, it's I'm basically with you. Trey Pipkins versus um, our boy Storm, Storm Norton at right I mean, tackle. And it, it'll be a free agent. I, I mean, at least I can I can hope. Imagine, uh, but imagine that you do all the work all off season, and then as soon as one guy gets cut and cut down day, boom, they bring him in at right tackle. It'd be the toughest of scenes. So yeah, the, I mean, the Chargers also when when we're doing tiebreakers here, make the Chargers prove it one time uh, would probably be a smart way to go. At the about end it. of the year, what could happen for them to be an S here? Is it like an added dimension that Gerald Everett brings to the table that Isaiah Spiller brings to the table? Could that they, do it? 
they pass more uh just in general and there's some some spells where we're like why aren't they passing passing it downfield more uh adding a right second down you mean pass rates yeah uh julio jones maybe as like a third option like any of those things would get them up to s tier but uh, i think next year we'll probably have the 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 chargers in s tier I, i would like to see it a little bit before i get too too carried away okay next Bengals, basically the same exact argument. I put them in A tier. I can listen to S tier arguments. Uh, Last year, they were 13th in EPA per play, uh, including the playoffs. They're seventh in overall scoring. They add um, interior offensive linemen, Alex Kappa, uh, Ted Cross. Their their right guard spot was some of the worst position play I've seen uh, ever uh, last year with the Bengals. That is not going to be a problem as much here. Obviously, their skill position is is amazing. They can afford an injury at any one of those positions as well. Joe Burrow is going to be healthier. They're going to probably pay play with more pace. They're going to certainly play with uh, uh, more passes. And this is like one of the most explosive teams in the league. So yeah, they're a tier for sure. The trust from start to finish that Zach Taylor is going to have in this offense. And then this offensive line hopefully mitigates probably some of the natural regression that's going to happen from Joe Burrow to Jamar chase on those ridiculously explosive downfield patterns and run after catch. Um, and then plus Joe Mixon, electric running back. Hopefully we get him more Chris Evans. I have to bring up his name here because even in preseason downfield patterns from running back split out wide, we don't see that very often. And he brings that to the table and who knows, maybe Hayden Hurst has something left, but I agree that they, they belong in this a tier instead of the S tier for sure. I have one more a tier team and then the rest are going into B through hell. Uh, to me, it's the Rams. Obviously they win the damn Super Bowl. ever heard of that. Uh, the the position the skill group looks amazing um they have tons of wide receiver depth even if they don't bring in bring back odell beckham to me the only thing that you can possibly say is they lose their center their left tackle is retiring they're they're bringing they're keeping a lot of like in-house guys and this offensive line has been better than expected every single year we're never like looking at the rams offensive line and be like wow they look so damn good but they always end up grading very well in PFF and next gen stats. Everybody grades them well. So something about the coaching staff, something about Sean McVay, something about Matthew Stafford. Uh, this team's obviously pretty damn good. They won. They, and they are publicly saying, speaking quite confidently that Odell will be back in, in some capacity. Uh, Kevin Demoff said that out loud, plenty of national writers and local writers kind of hinting at it without specifically saying it. Obviously the injury prevents some other teams from, from looking in that direction, but maybe by, you know, they sign him in a week, a month, something like that in October, November, heck even December and get ready for that playoff run. Once again, uh, where are we at with this? And I understand that we're going to talk mostly about the passing game, but where are we at with this running game? I mean, I thought Daryl Henderson at times last year, Hayden looked explosive. And then as Taylor's all his time, he ends the season injured, right? Cam Akers rushing back from his injury looked more like a plotter, despite, you know, having some physicality, some aggression to his, his game, especially fitting, finishing off runs, but almost certainly they want Cam Makers to be a 60% touch out of the backfield guy. And hopefully he's healthy enough to do that this year. Jordan Rodriguez, who we need to get on the podcast. She had a okay. couple of good uh, quotes uh, about Cam Akers saying that they want him to be the passing down guy. They want to get their running backs more involved in the passing game remember last year they did not play or use their running backs nearly as often as they had in previous seasons i can see maybe a little bit of a bounce back throwing a little more screens to cam Akers. uh kyron williams is has an injury in training camp so i do think if cam Akers is healthy and he's he's calling himself 100 uh 
uh, that Cam Akers should bounce back. He's been like maybe the hardest player for me to rank in fantasy land. Yeah. Like I, I can see, I can see top fifteen arguments from him. I can see him being like a dead zone running back where we have projected projectable volume and he just never uh, recovers. So I don't know how we're going to do this. That's why I'd like to have Jordan on the show to kind of figure that out. Yeah, and if Kyron was good at anything at Notre Dame, it was pass pro. And Lundar brings up a great point that we've talked about a lot on the show. No one threw more often inside the 10 and inside the five than the Rams last season. Odell had, I believe, 13 targets inside the 10 yard line or 10 targets and eight touchdowns in it. And everything that we have heard seeping from that organization so far is that Allen Robinson is going to be that ISO ball wide receiver inside the 10 and inside the five. So we should expect to see, you know, high touchdown numbers from him in relation to the last three, five, six years too. Pick your favorite controversial team. Favorite controversial team. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, bum, bum, bum. I mean, I ah, shoot. This is going to be controversial, man. I think this is a D tier team, the Tennessee Titans. Pitch it. It's Derrick Henry, and I don't care about everything, anything else. I truly do not care about anything else. Maybe that's me being down among consensus around Traylon Burks and his projection coming to the league. I think your entire opinion on the Tennessee Titans this year rests on your belief of, of Traylon Burks and if he can hit the ground running. He hasn't so far. Robert Woods coming off an injury almost certainly is going to be their leading receiver to open this season. Love Derrick Henry, but it's not just him now. It's also this offensive line that they've wasted draft picks on and are losing pieces as well. And when the game has been put into Ryan Tannehill's hands without A.J. Brown, it has not gone well. And so while I think Mike Frabel gets maybe more than anyone, something out of nothing, he's a great coach, especially when his team are home underdogs. I'm not excited about the Tennessee Titans at all entering this year. And that's crazy to say for the number one seed in the AFC last season. They're just super fragile because this is a play action offense. And Ryan Tannehill doesn't have his yards after the catch monster and AJ Brown anymore. Uh, Robert Woods is still returning from his ACL injury. He seems like he's making decent progress, but he did tear that uh, in the middle of last season. So I don't think he's a locked open on this season, uh, though. The reports are pretty positive on him in general right now. Traylon Burks hasn't been able to practice at all. Uh, part of it is because of asthma, but I was reading the athletic and they also mentioned that it's just, just pure him being out of shape. Obviously it's early here, but Traylon Burks was playing at uh, 240 last year. You don't really see that too often. Uh, there's a projection. If you look at reception perception, there's a big projection here. So I had the Titans in seats here. They're one ankle injury away from, from with Derrick Henry or the offensive line is not as good as we think from being in D tier. Um, so I like it as well. You're up. Okay, let's um, let's put the. I mean, the Ravens were going to have pretty high up. The Broncos will probably have pretty high up. I'll I'm make the case for a team. Okay. Jaguars in C tier and not D tier. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay, they were 32nd in scoring last year. They're 28th in EPA per play. So how could I do this? Well, uh, they actually have leadership, which is nice. Uh, the way that Doug Peterson calls his his offense is pretty in, in, inducive to actually scoring points. It can put th some pressure on. They add much better wide receivers. Uh, I think their wide receiver, just to get into this, it's going to be Marvin Jones and Zay Jones on the outside. Christian Kirk as a vertical slot weapon. Uh, LaVisca Schindel on kick return duties. Uh, <laughs> Jamal Swagney in the Isaiah McKenzie role. 
Uh, Evan Ingram is basically a, a slot tight end. That's a massive upgrade. They, they, they used that position last year, but it was to like Dan Arnold and uh, there's some other uh, James O'Shaughnessy. I mean, give me a break here. So the offense, I think is gonna be way better. They add Brandon Sheriff to uh, their interior line. He's been con- one of the best uh, interior linemen in the NFL. And to me, when I watched Trevor Lawrence, there was a lot of times where he was reading the plays throughout and was being aggressive, uh, being an aggressive passer. Plus he's a, a good athlete. Add Travis Etienne. I think all of a sudden this offense could at least be watchable. Like when it's Sunday morning and uh, CBS for some reason puts on uh, Texans Jaguars as the game in my area, I'm actually going to be down to watch this team. Yeah, I'm with you. And the Evan Ingram institution basically makes them like a four wide receiver offense when he's out there. Doug Peterson allowed Trey Burton to make $18 million guaranteed in his contract as a second tight end to go along with Zach Ertz. They're going to utilize those, those tight ends. And it's almost like the Bengals here where you take your offensive line at worst from awful to average. I understand that people can make easy arguments that Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and whoever else are pretty big money deals. But at worst, again, you're taking it from awful to average in terms of pass catchers. They just had zero speed on that team. It was pretty easy for them to see that. And it's the added element of Travis Etienne, and we have no idea what he's going to look like in the league, how he's going to fit into this offense. But at the very least, hopefully it creates some you know, big plays at the backfield in that regard too. This team was just devoid of big plays unless it was super aggressive, Trevor Lawrence throwing down the field and throwing interceptions in those cases, or Jamal Agnew taking shorter patterns and running with the ball in his hands or on crazy manufactured touches. And that was it. The offense and the personnel were obliterated last season. For best ball mania three draft, Zay Jones instead of the discussion, flip those ADPs. Okay. Next up. Let's go with the Miami Dolphins in B tier. Damn it, Josh. Is that fair? I have them at the very end of my B tier. They were 22nd EPA per play. They add Tyreek and Teron Armstead. I can't put them any higher than that for sure because of Tua, Tua who I think is probably going to be like the 20th best quarterback in the NFL or something like that. It's not an aggressive passer uh, either, but the offensive line looks better. It's still not going to be good, but it looks better. And then you have two yards after the catch guy. So I think, I mean, they're B tier. Let's be real though. The duo of Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle is absolutely electric. Jalen Waddle was incredible last season, and he didn't have that many opportunities where he was able to put his head down and run, like legitimately create big plays with the ball in his hands. And if you go back to his time at Alabama, that was some of his most fun stuff was on those returns and on those run-after-catch opportunities. Tyree Kill, we already said it. Everyone already knows what he brings to the table. My main concern with this, with the Mike McDaniel approach, is so many people are saying, well, Tua is just going to do what Jimmy did and create pinpoint passes and run after catch opportunities over the middle of the field. I don't think that's the case. Like Tua and what we have seen with his arm, it's at its best on outside breaking routes where there is space, right? Jimmy for better or for worse, and how many negative things I've said about him, trusting tight and those very tight windows over the middle of the field and having the arm strength to fit that in, it's bold. It's brave. We haven't seen Tua very much be bold or brave 
during his NFL career. So I don't know if it's going to be that very much condensed three yards to 12 yards area like it was in San Francisco and Mike McDaniel, but he certainly seems smart enough to cater to the strengths, hopefully, of what they're going to do in Miami. I just don't think it's going to be the same exact thing. I mean, he's it's also a first year coach. What am I, am I older than him too? Like this, he's extremely inexperienced. This, could but don't take you think a that's year. a fair point? Because I think we're just getting like, yeah. oh, two is just Jimmy. They're very different no. passers. I, I'm with you. I'm with you on how how they they play quarterback. I, I'm just going back to the coaching staff. Like this coaching staff's like for sure going to be in the middle of just figuring this out. We didn't really even know who this guy was uh, before the offseason started. I'm going to put the Patriots in B tier, but ahead of the Dolphins, uh, and that's just because make that uh, point. Because Mac Jones is so much better than than Tua Tagovailoa. Last year, I was shocked to see this. The Patriots, you know that they were sixth in scoring last year. They were sixth in EPA per play. What? What? Do you, do you remember that? Like now they get upgrades uh, with with Tyquan Thornton. Their offensive line. I don't know what's going on really right there, but they're expecting better things from Johnny Smith. Their offense. I think we're going to see more pass attempts because Mac Jones has frankly earned it. They're saying that the, the playbook has been simplified and that's going to make Nelson Aguilar. This is what the, the athletic what is telling playbook? me. What playbook so far? Who's making the playbook? Bill Belichick calling plays is what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I, I just think that Mac Jones is too damn good. Like, I, I think that he's he's going to be a top 12 uh, real-life quarterback um, as early as, as this year. I think that he's going to surprise people. There's a lot of depth at the skill players this year. Uh, one quick note, James White was left off of ESPN Mike Reese's 53-man projection. That's something we talked about. He thinks that he's going to start the year on the pup list. He has not been practicing much at all. Reminder, he had the injury that made Ryan Fitzpatrick retire. A full dislocated hip. It's like a car accident injury is how they describe it. So not expecting anything from James White, but I think with Ramondre and Damian, and they have they go five deep at wide receiver and two deep at tight end. I think that Mac Jones doesn't have a premier talent, but he has a, at least enough depth where they Bill Belichick can do like the week-to-week matchup game and kind of uh, maybe make this offense a little better than we think. This is a very much pro Mac Jones podcast. It has been a very, very, very long time. It's He is truly one of those players that the more you watch him, the more you like him. And the people who hate on Mac Jones, I believe, have not watched him. It's that simple, or they just don't want to admit it. To your point, they averaged 27.2 points per game last season. In the regular season, that was more than the Bengals. That was more than the Rams. That was more than the Packers. That was more than the Cardinals. That was more How than the 49ers. Happen? Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Point, though, you asked how it could happen. Maybe Josh McDaniels is the reason. You know? They molded. They changed. They maneuvered as things go along. And now we get failed coaches who didn't even coach on the offensive side of the ball in the past are now calling the plays. I don't think it's going to be Bill for the whole time. I think Bill is spending his time and enjoying it with the quarterbacks and the running backs and the wide receivers this all season. And then we get some wide receiver or excuse me, passing game coordinator, running back coordinator between Joe judge and Matt Patricia. And that's how we roll. And that is major questions. I, we will stick them at the B, but those, that's a pretty significant element. If we're, if we're allowed to bring that up, if you want to put them into hell tier because of the, not, the play I'm calling, we can do that too. We're it's, not, we're it's, not going it's either B tier or hell tier. I can listen to the coaching staff uh, argument here. That's a, that's, that's the only thing. Well, if we are being very selective, which I, I appreciate how selective we are being with the S tier, just three teams, the Bucks, the Bills, and the Chiefs, the A tier, the Chargers, the Bengals, and the Rams. Then at least, at the very least, the Ravens belong in the B tier. Hell yeah. 
you could easily make, I think, an argument for them in the A tier because what Lamar Jackson had in what his MVP campaign when they outscored everyone and, and he led the league with what 36 passing touchdowns in 2019, it's basically there for the taking right now. We won't go through the whole spiel. We have videos on it already on the channel, but they get everyone back and they added to it. Uh, there are certainly some concerns, as you have talked about, with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards not practicing right now. But it seems to be a little bit better and not to have the worst freaking injury luck that we saw last season. And all of the players that they have on the roster right now fit with the strengths of their quarterback, along with the offensive line talent, too. So at the very least, the Baltimore Ravens belong in the B tier. Ronnie Stanley's ankle injury is apparently looking good um, per the athletic, uh, the ad Tyler Linderbaum. So this offensive line should be back uh, to their nasty self. So I, I'm right there with you. I, I don't think that Lamar Jackson needs a ton of weapons. I think that right now Rashad Bateman as, as the X receiver, Devin Duvernay is probably going to be in two wide receiver sets, uh, kind of a gadget player. And I think that James Proche is winning the number three argument early in camp right now not that that really matters here but they also get like nick boyle back there's like some other weird things that we don't really care about for fantasy land that actually help this offense and while the rest of the league is probably going to have poor depth along the offensive line because of what happened to them last season the ravens might have a ton of depth i mean you draft daniel falale fourth round to be one of your swing tackles you also have Jawan james who you signed uh from achilles injury who now is hopefully healthy. Maybe he's also a swing tackle. Patrick Ricari played a huge role for them. Tyree Phillips played a huge role for them last year. And you bring in starters above one of those players too. So offensive line depth is not something that is common throughout the league, but I do think the Ravens have it. I have the Cardinals, the Ravens, and the 49ers all grouped like right next to each other in B tier. It's like similar-ish offenses. Uh, Kyler Murray's biggest weakness right now is the offensive line. Their offensive line was awful last year, especially at the tackle positions. They have not done that at all. This is also an offense that's pretty damn old, and they keep giving these old players more and more money, but uh, they go, what, four wide receivers deep, uh, two tight ends deep, James Conner as their running back, and Kyler Murray is so explosive. So even with like all the, the nonsense of this uh, coaching staff, they're at least a B tier. I think that if this coaching staff had this thing right and DeAndre Hopkins wasn't suspended, they can be an A tier, but you have to move them to B right now. Can we also put the Cowboys in the B tier? Of course. A little nervous about their offensive line situation. A little nervous that that trio, that they didn't do enough with them when they were all together with C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper. Obviously, some got banged up. Some missed some significant amount of time when they – were all together at one point. Then Dak had a calf strain. Nothing. The stars didn't align at any moment when they were supposed to have maybe the one most explosive offense in the league. And maybe they would have had it, what, in 2020. But then, obviously, Dak missed the entire year because of his ankle. Uh, and now they're just worse at a bunch of spots. Like, offensive line, they have to have this rookie play immediately. Um, and at wide receiver, maybe Jalen Tolbert does something, you know, because Michael Gallup's going to probably be slow in his development this season, too. So I fully trust Dak in terms of a processor in the pocket. But if we can throw in the play caller at the top, Kellen Moore has some real questions. And actually, the closer you get to the Cowboys and the people who cover it, the more questions seem to pop up. Hopefully, he just makes things a little bit more easier on the first and second reads versus forcing Dak to go to his, his third option over and over and over again. Their offensive line depth has taken a massive beating the last couple of years. They lost uh, Leo Collins and Connor Williams. 
this year they have some uh, older players on the offensive line as well. I will say everything around Dak Prescott is work. Michael Gallup's missing time. James Washington's not practicing. Jalen Tolbert's a, a third uh, third round rookie. Uh, CeeDee Lamb is going to be into a number one role, something he has not done in the NFL. But Dak Prescott last year, Mina Kimes had a great stat about uh, Dak Prescott on rollouts and scrambles. His like QBR was like 26. Like previously, yeah. that was like top five. So that's like the one thing where I'm kind of conflicted. Everything around Dak Prescott's worse, but he's probably going to be better. So I think B tier is pretty appropriate. Next. Um, let's put the ba- Packers in B tier. Um, they were fourth in EPA per play last year. A uh, couple things. They're like the Cowboys where they've lost some offensive line depth. Now the Packers are always so well coached on the offensive line. David Bakhtiari is still not practicing. Crazy. He's still in rehab mode. So, I mean, I don't know how, how much we can project him to be uh, viable. This team needs to sign Julio Jones, you know, like it's, apparently Will Fuller is not going to be going to the Packers. I can't find anything on Will Fuller, uh, but Julio Jones has been linked um, to the Packers by the athletic a couple times. I think that they need him. Christian Watson has not been even name dropped by Aaron Rodgers. They're trying to to write up a Sammy Watkins. Please. Uh, that was not a good look last year. Uh, Randall Cobb is definitely a role player at this point. They need a, a, a number one receiver on the outside. Alan Lazard can kind of play that little hybrid role. And he's, he's probably better than what we think. I like him in, in basketball right now, but like they need Julio Jones, which is crazy. And I, that's to me, because I'm saying that they need Julio Jones, that's why they're a B tier B-tiered, uh, team, not A tier. Back-to-back MVP campaigns from Aaron Rodgers. If David Bakhtiari does play and if he is healthy, that solidifies both tackle spots because, as we know, Elton Jenkins has basically played every single position along the offensive line in his career and plays it at a really high level. Uh, And then there's enough. Like Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, very interested to see at least the former Aaron Jones and how he's utilized, if it's any different in previous years and if it's not. Um, Just losing, though, to Fonta Adams and how much of a go-to player he was red zone down the field, crucial third and 12 situations and how he makes everything so difficult to match him up one-on-one. And it's not just him. It's also losing MVS. And I understand your arguments against MVS that he didn't you know, have huge productive seasons with the two time MVP. Um, who's filling in for him here? Romeo dubs, Christian Watson, you know, there's a uh, tons of questions that we might hit in weeks one, two, three, so on and so forth. The people are asking for a Denver versus Dallas debate. I think the Broncos are certainly a B tier team. Uh, Russell Wilson needs to prove that he is more athletic than he was last year. And I think that a lot of uh, Russell Wilson's play is based off his athleticism, buying time and throwing it downfield. Uh, and I would like to see that happen. Like uh, peak Russ is very fun to watch. He was not peak Russ last year. Even removing the finger stuff, I have some concerns about the athleticism here. The uh, skill talent is off the charts. Offensive line's better than what he was used to uh, with the Seahawks. I think I like the Broncos offense better than the Packers offense. Uh, I think I like the Broncos offense better than the Cowboys offense. Um, But I think they're firmly beat here. Lots of love out there for the Broncos right now. Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Albert O. I rewatched a bunch of Javante Williams this morning and boy, oh boy, is he electric as well? I mean, he's so much fun. And maybe I'm too early in saying this. I just, and man, Russ still throws a beautiful moonshot, still throws a beautiful deep ball, but he's still going to be successful. I just don't know if he is going to have a top five season again. That's fine though. That is fine. 
but as we've seen to go into the top six, you know, you need to eclipse maybe the six quarterbacks that we have ahead of him, you know, so firmly putting him in this B tier makes sense. I understand that like maybe his 2021 passing map and heat map is different than a little previous years, but it was solely on the outside and I need some visuals. I need some eyes on the middle of the field in the quick game, the short game. It just has not been easy for Russ in his passing. It 100% goes to his comfort, his confidence, his vision to see it. And uh, the hero ball stuff, the let Russ cook in those third and long situations just doesn't hit quite as good in 2022 as it did in 2018. My final Broncos notes, the Albert O training camp reports have been pretty so-so for some reason. I don't know if Greg Dolchich's uh, agent um, is paying off these reporters, but there's a lot of hype with Greg Dolchich, and that could have come at the expense of Albert O. KJ Hamler, we don't talk about this enough. He busted up his knee like bad multi-ligament knee tear and on the same play dislocated his hip. What? How, how did that happen? So he's he's still battling through. That's a very serious injury. Even just the knee injury alone is serious enough. He's also coming back from a dislocated hip here. So I do think that Tim Patrick uh, is like the guy to draft at cost. And then Melvin Gordon can be, uh, be there for best ball as well. Next one. I think the 49ers belong in the B tier still. Despite not knowing exactly who Trey Lance is at this moment, there's enough awesomeness and fun in that offense with the dynamic trio of Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. And even if it is a train wreck, Hayden, that Trey Lance, and we don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be. Uh, but even if it is a bit of more of a roller coaster, and one, it's not like Jimmy G played mistake-free football. There were plenty of mistakes in his game. It's going to be a fun viewing experience with Trey Lance and the combination with him and Kyle Shanahan from start to finish the season. And so at the very least, from a pure couch-sitting, viewing standpoint, B-tier for the 49ers is their floor. 13th in scoring last year, 10th in EPA per play. Uh, Trey Lance is going to give them something that Jimmy G has never had. It's a completely boom-bust. If it was last year's drop-back passing Trey Lance, this team's going to take a step back. If it is, uh, he's as smart as what we thought he was coming into the NFL draft, and he's going to give this team a dimension down the field, look the fuck out. So that's like where we're, we're talking about with, with the, the 49ers right here. I don't know what to do with this team, but uh, I, I'm very intrigued. Well, I think seem, they, B seems like fair, right? Like, Oh, they're definitely not C tier. I can't put the Jaguars and the 49ers in the same correct, tier. Hell no. Correct. Uh, Move them ahead of the Dolphins, please, and the Patriots. I'm, I'm, I, I will reorder it at some point. Just give me a bit. I'm trying to get people to like and subscribe to the show. Look, we outlined Jimmy G and how proficient he is throwing inside the numbers and through like the trash of the defense. Maybe Trey can do that, but also what he's going to give you are throws outside the numbers too, where Jimmy G was trashing, you know, he was garbage in last season. So it's going to be, I think, a little bit of a give and a take and figuring it out until the strengths are consistent for Trey. And it's not like, oh, he did this three times in a row that we're good in the fourth when he made a drastic error on some level of consistency. And once we get that, I think it's going to be the moon for a lot of these pieces. I, I need to get back to the negative land. Let's go to the Jets in D tier. Zach Wilson was just not good enough. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you guys last year. He was he was borderline unwatchable. I can see the arm talent. Uh, he can sling the ball, and I hope that he is going to take the next staff. The offensive line looks very good. The skill group looks very good. 
But the difference between even Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence last year, I thought was pretty drastic. If you watch them on tape, Zach Wilson just got to be better than what I think he is if to, to, to outdo this. So um, the, everything else around him looks pretty solid to me. The looks great. Uh, it's just Zach Wilson, man, just watch him last year. It was, it was, it was struggle city. It really was. And no matter when we all say something negative about the jets, I guarantee you someone in the comments right now is already writing. What well, did you watch the Tampa Bay game? He was great in the Tampa Bay game. All right. That's one game out of the first, however many he played that he was absolute garbage in. Um, it was bad. And like, Embrace the bad, you know? I'm not saying it's going to be bad from here on out. In fact, I think that there were parts and pieces of last season where I was thinking he was turning a corner, but then it all was in those broken plays and when he escaped the pocket and fired down the field in those vertical passes. Remember right before they played in England or London that I was like, oh man, it's all clicking, it's all connecting, and he's leading these second-half comebacks. And then I realized, well, when you kept him in the structure of the offense – it was pretty rough and it was pretty poor. Um, I think based on all the talents they have around him with Elijah Moore, with the big playability that Brees Hall brings you, which I think to them is a big crux of this. Like 12 play drives are difficult. 14 play drives are difficult. Brees Hall can maybe only force you to have a five play drive because he can reel off a 40 yard touchdown. You know, I'm, I put them skill position wise in C tier, but it sounds like you're putting Zach Wilson in hell tier. So the, the middle area is D. Fair enough. I'm looking. I pulled up the box score. This Tampa Bay game was so good. He was 19 of 33, 57% completions for 234 yards and one touchdown. That, that's what we're writing. That's what I guarantee you. Someone's writing it, though, in the that's comments. Good, they already I, did. I guarantee you. And I'm not I'm not a Zach Wilson hater. There are some people who are already writing. I am not one. I look like him. People say I look like the guy. I can't be. I that means I'm how sold I am on being a hater on him. I met your mom. You're not Zach Wilson. Um, this is still the question that everything from here on out, like you can even bring up the Makai Becton situation at left tackle and how that can kind of change things for the rest of the season. But Zach Wilson from the jump has to look like a different quarterback from the vast majority of his rookie season showed. And that's a fair comment, no matter if you're wearing green tinted sunglasses or not. Period. Let's go to another negative team. They're more fun. Um, I think the Panthers are D tier, if not hell tier. Um, best case scenario is Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback. Next best scenario is Baker Mayfield is the starting quarterback. Then the next scenario is Matt Corral beats out Sam Darnold. And oh. the, the worst case is Sam Darnold is the quarterback. Stop it with Matt Corral beating out Sam I'm, Darnold. I'm, but we've already seen what Sam Darnold is, and it's it's awful. Outside of some ludicrous runs from the 30 to the 20 inside the end zone, the consistency, like I said, strengths, there are none. He His footwork is all over the place. It feels like his shoulders, his eyes, and his feet are are on operating on different bodies at all times. There's nothing fluid about his game at all. And what I think that this offense, if it doesn't work out early on, is going to revert back to Hayden is like freaking what Tua ran last year in Miami. It's going to be a lot of quick hitting RPO style, and that's boring and not fun. And sure, it might set up some interesting moments with DJ Moore running after the catch and some really difficult grabs for the frail Robbie Anderson over the middle of the field but it's just not good enough. 
I have a different take on this. I was going to put them as a surprise C list team no. because they add, no. they add Austin Corbett, they add uh, Ikemi Kwano. Their offensive line doesn't look like the complete train wreck like it was last year. Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold was injured last year. Even if we just get healthy, Sam, I know that he's bad. I know that he's bad, but I also think that there's a good chance that they bring in Baker Mayfield or Jimmy G and they D add D is CMC for Darnold. Back. D is for Darnold. Period. If it's Baker, maybe it's a C. If Darnold's a starting quarterback, which it is right now, they can't be any better than a D-tier quarterback. He'd have to be a totally different player for this offense to look better. Like, the pieces, the offensive line is great. Heck, Matt Rule blamed the offensive line at times when it was truly the quarterback. Even when he was kept clean, things happened that were awful. I cannot get on Sam Darnold as anything better than a D-tier player. Well, it's not going to be Sam Darnold. They're going to be a C-list team. Well, then we'll go and do this whole exercise again as soon as they they trade. I said forward thinking. We got to be forward thinking here. I'm I'm in the note. Okay, that's it for me. Next up for you, Texans healthier. Next, next team. Fair, dude. They they've added nobody. No, there's nothing electric or exciting or an individual talent like when on your pedestal you can put up Brandon Cooks. Like, fine. Like there's nothing again that motivates me from from moving the, moving them out of this area. Pep Hamilton is very good at making S-tier. chicken salad out of chicken shit, and he's very much in on Davis Mills um, as his quarterback this year. That's my only thing is we get another 17 games of of Davis Mills and we get to figure out who he is as like a long term option or not. Yeah, I mean Pep Hamilton was there for Andrew Luck. And then he went in and he had uh, Justin Herbert and then he made Davis Mills watchable. Like, could we, could we get a little more respect on Pep Hamilton's name? Like, I think Pep Hamilton might have been the, the Panthers line at, at OC if they, if they had their had their way. But uh, obviously, Lovey wanted to keep him and name him his uh, his play caller. OK, these next teams are weird. They're very weird. I think. From the. Kevin O'Connell, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, and Kirk working in the structure of an offense. The Vikings belong in the B tier. Agree. 100% agree. Kirk gets so much shit from all of you. And I understand that there are some bad moments, especially when he tries to do a little bit too much. But don't try to do too much, Kirk. Don't do it, man. Hopefully the offensive line gives you time. We're still trying to be a forward-thinking program on what Kevin O'Connell can be as a play caller. But I think this team's going to live in 11 personnel, get Dalvin Cook involved a little bit in the passing game, have two tremendous backup running backs in Alexander Madison and Kene Nwongwu, especially as a kick returner because he's going to give you six, maybe already the best in the league at that. Uh, And Justin Jefferson, arguably, top three wide receiver in the league already. They were 16th in EPA per play last year with Zimmer as their head coach. I think that O'Connell is going to bring them uh, a little more modern offense. And I think that we're going to be able to see them play in more 11 personnel. Uh, They're going to play with more pace, all that stuff. I think the Vikings are going to score more points than uh, most people are expecting. And everyone hates Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen in best ball. And I think that's one of the best pairings you could possibly have. So my nomination was the Vikings in the B tier. What's your next one? 
Um, let's put the Colts also in the B tier. I think this was pretty like this. surprising. Um, they were ninth in scoring last year, ninth in EPA per play. I think Matt Ryan uh, is an upgrade over Carson Wentz. I think that they're going to be able to do more in the short area passing game. And there's a couple weapons, Paris Campbell, Naeem Hines, even Michael Pittman to a certain degree that I think could be unlocked by Matt Ryan out there. Now, their offensive line, there's there's some holes on this offensive line. I, I think that's a little bit slept on here, but I think that last year they were already a fringe top 10 offense because Jonathan Taylor was so damn good. Uh, Alec Pierce brings a little bit of a, a downfield option to this game. I think Matt Ryan's just an upgrade over Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, they're strong along three spots along the offense flank. We know Quentin Nelson is awesome. We know Brain Smith is awesome at right tackle. Ryan Kelly, when hopefully he stays on the field at center, can be great. Um, I believe they lost Mark Glowinski. So Danny Pinter, I think, is lined up as their starting right guard. And then at left tackle, it's a combination of third-round pick, who's an older third-round pick coming out, I believe, Central Michigan, and Bernard Ryman, Raymond, and then uh, Matt Pryor at left tackle, too, who's kind of been like a journeyman type. Um, but Matt Ryan, the stability that he gives, and again, going from the offensive line that he just had in Atlanta to what they're going to be able to create for him in Indianapolis, I understand if it's just Michael Pittman and maybe Alec Pierce doesn't emerge or someone else, Jelani Woods, doesn't emerge, but that's good enough for Matt Ryan. And then you have truly a big play threat from anywhere in Jonathan Taylor with a good enough blocking and giving him a seam and then him hit the edge or make someone miss in the backfield. Love uh, love the balance of that. It's not sexy. It's not over the top. It's not too much investment in anything. It feels like just enough, like the the the, the comfy spot for the right investment in a lot of those offensive skill groups. Do you think the Colts are just going to run away with this division? I mean, we put the Titans in D tier. <laughs> like, I mean, I think it's got to be one of the better bets, we, we think, is, is betting on the Colts in the AFC South. Yeah, I, I I certainly do believe that. Um, we only have one team in the C tier because I think a lot of these teams that we have down below, except I oh, see two th- more B tier teams. I see two. Yeah, th- this is a tough one. I mean, I'm going to put the Raiders in the B. Of course. First, the positives: Derek Carr to Devonte Adams to Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller with Josh McDaniels calling plays should really excite you. I mean, what Devontae can do in isolation, fantastic. Also played the ninth most slot snaps last year. Hunter Infro, 10th most slot snaps last year. What he can give you in isolation, especially near the goal line with those quadruple routes that he runs, cool. And then we get hopefully fully healthy Darren Waller, who has a bunch of outside wide receiver snaps, slot snaps, and then inline snaps too. They have about 17 running backs on the roster where the house of cards can crumble is the offensive line. because. Colton Miller, solid at left tackle. Outside of that, goodness gracious. Uh, And we have seen in Josh McDaniel's past, the offensive line has been a critical piece. Dante Scarnecchia, during their time together in New England, has been such a focus for them and having depth along that spot. And that just cannot be said. You can't accomplish everything in year one with a new journal manager, new head coach. And I bet that's an area they focus on moving forward. Even when like Derek Carr was like bad and everyone hated him, he we all like agreed that he was a very accurate quarterback. He's a relatively good decision maker. Uh, everybody's just saying pass the ball deep more, and that's exactly what he's done the last two seasons. So I think he's kind of unlocked a, a little bit more aggressive uh, style of play, and that's why their Raiders have taken a, another leap forward. He's transformed, man. He's jumped up in the top ten in terms of twenty plus yard attempts. Like he was twenty third, twenty sixth, all that stuff just a couple years ago. So. It's a really fun group that they have around there. 
And you can be multiple at tight end too with Foss Moreau. So it's uh, I'm I'm really excited. I'm really into Josh McDaniels as a coach, if you all can't tell. So we haven't really talked about this on the podcast. Just a side note on the Raiders. Everybody in their executive positions has like retired or like is being investigated. Like it is a complete train wreck over there. That doesn't really impact uh Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, but go go read some of the, the Raiders things that have been going on in the front office and, and and there's a, there's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, the other one that's been like that is uh, the Carolina Panthers in terms of like the team president leaving the basically person Bank who runs runs. the, the Charlotte FC has left in like the last three months too. It's uh the stuff in Rock Hill Panthers are in uh, some well, crazy waters. Okay. Well, who's, who's the last team in B tier that you have? The Eagles. A hundred percent. We got to put the Eagles. Uh, even last year, they were twelfth in EPA per play, twelfth in scoring, which was pretty surprising to me. Uh, you add AJ Brown. I think that eight, adding AJ Brown is going to make Devonta Smith better. The offensive line looks okay. Um, they're always well coached over there too, and I think that there's uh, Jalen Hurts is not going to take a step backwards. You know, he's still young. He's still improving. I think they, there's a chance he takes a step forward here. Get Jalen Rager off the field. Uh, have Quez Watkins be that deep threat. I think that this team's pretty solid. Okay, I'm going to be the bad guy here. Aesthetic purposes, we cannot have the B tier go to two. Someone has to be removed from this B tier, either graduates up to the A or down to the C. Someone has to do it. Chat, let us know which one you think it is. But someone has to be removed from this B tier. It cannot be this big. I think it's got to be Dolphins down. Let's add, let's add some some C-list teams. Let's figure this out. Okay. Save that one to the end. Save that one to the end. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll save that one to the end. Okay. C-list teams. C-list. Let's put the teams. Lions in there. Can we put the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. in there? Let's do that too. Okay. I understand Mitch Trubisky is Mitch Trubisky. Doesn't seem just the worst case scenario. I'll say this. It's going to feel like... Anything is better than what we saw from Ben Roethlisberger last season. You and I have been watching a bunch of this 2021 stuff for all these ranking shows. The dude was abysmal. It was catch and throw, catch and throw, catch and throw every single snap. It didn't matter if you got open on the backside. He was not looking at you. And it was putrid. It was puny. It was all of that. And you bring in a couple of these pieces along the offensive line, Calvin Austin, George Pickens, and the electric factory that Pickens is in terms of what he can bring on the outside too. Who knows what Chase Claypool is anymore? It sounds like it might be a contract here. Top and five receiver. Deontay Johnson. Oh boy, there's a bunch of this stuff. Plus you have the move inside the 10. And can he pick it maybe? At the very least, C tier for the Steelers. They could be a team that shocks people depending on how much Trubisky and, and can he pick it play, I think. The Athletics telling me that George Pickens is looking good in minicamp love to see that the, the offensive line is probably their biggest weakness um i think kenny pickett's going to give them serviceable quarterback play and if he gets beat out by mitchell trubisky that means mitchell trubisky is better than we thought i guess so I, i'm i'm totally totally there with you the offense last year they couldn't do anything like downfield it, everything was a, a joke Najee harris the only thing that they can do because big ben didn't want to go under center was just a stupid inside run. There was like no creativity there, no motion, nope. no nothing. So you're going to unlock all of that. You know, stuff. Matt Canada was itching to do it too. You know, he was itching to do it. Next up for you, Detroit Giants C. Uh, <laughs> okay. You said Lions at C. Yeah, I'll say the Lions and C. I, I like 
really? what they've built on the offensive line and look at their skill skill talent like i know dj chark's an upgrade to their outside receivers last year Monroe st brown uh is it going to be a good slot player two wide receiver set player underneath tj hawkinson uh maybe when he's not the number one target is going to add a little bit more explosion they have deandre swift who uh, at the very least is a home run threat and jared goff has like i mean we the reason why the Rams had to get rid of him is there's not like a total ceiling with Jared Goff, but I think that we can't confuse Jared Goff from being the 32nd best passer in the NFL. He's probably like 20 the 20th. Seconds. He's like 21st, 22nd. Like I think that's like totally fine with this this skill group. They're playing in the dome. I think this team's going to play or uh, score more points than we're expecting. Add a, add a little Jamison Williams in the second half of the season when he comes off the pup list, and I, I think that this is a well constructed offense. They're they're lacking complete superstars, but you can sell me on like the floor of this offense looking pretty solid. I feel like everyone's in love with Dan Campbell right now, and it, rightfully so. Like after that biting your knee ca- caps off comment, uh, he takes over the offense, and they look like a legit unit. Like they have a rhythm to them. They they have an energy to them. They have a a system, a voice almost. And DeAndre Swift creating big plays out of nothing. Sometimes in garbage time, we'll get that on Thursday show. Um, then you have Amon Ross St. Brown, Basie playing Robert Woods, and then to your point, DJ Chark, Jamison Williams down the field. There's some explosiveness to that. And at the very least, your offensive line can hopefully for the vast, vast, vast majority of time, keep your quarterback clean. And if they send six versus five, hopefully Jared gets the ball out of his hand so he doesn't get pummeled into the ground. C's a bit rich. And we have the Jaguars in C tier. We can put the Lions in C tier. Well, part of me maybe wants to flip like the Lions and the Titans, but I'm I'm firmly in my Titans at D tier, mainly for the entertainment value. Perfect. Um, oh, Saints are C tier. Saints are yes. C tier. That's Saints, kind of Saints a, are C tier. That's exactly where I was going to go. Um, I think part of my issue with the Saints right now is the uneasiness with Alvin Kamara early season stuff and just not knowing how that is going to unfold. But it was funny, even last year in this first stretch of games, when Jameis was only allowed to throw the ball 23 times, 20, like two of those uh, still did Jameis things in terms of trying to make crazy plays and throwing it directly to defenders or trying to have a play last seven seconds long. Um, I bet they throw it about 30, 33 times per game this season. And we'll see what happens, man. They they obviously want to continue. They're one of these teams that truly believes you build from the offensive line that allows you to stay within the structure of the offense. But even that trio, and hopefully Michael Thomas comes back. He's more than slant boy to me. Plus Chris Olave is pristine and ready for the NFL. And then you have Jarvis Landry on top of that. That's a fun group. The Saints are always competitive, uh, and that's why I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and put them in the C tier. There are, I think, there's about four weak weak points of how this offense can go bad. Alvin Kamara's suspension, Michael Thomas' rehab not going as well as we once thought. Jameis Winston, his rehab slash play is not as good as we thought. And left tackle, they lose to Ron Armstead, who's been one of the best players on that team for the last five years. Uh, the, there's a lot of question marks, and there's there's the, probably a lower floor with the Saints than what we're. Yeah. Per, we're, we're pretty used to, but this this organization is always out there competing and probably playing better than we think. So I think that C tier is probably as low as we can get. And they they think they're there. They think they're much better than C all the way around for that team. Like they they want to win once again. Um, after this, all we have left are the Falcons, the Giants, the Seahawks, and Washington. We're putting Washington at D. Hell, they have Dan Snyder. I didn't know Dan Snyder was throwing passes. Um, 
Well, it's Carson Wentz who's throwing passes. The, treb- the trebuchets, everyone knows him here. My biggest worry is the offensive line played at a really high level last season, arguably in some metrics, top 10. And they lost Brandon Sheriff and top 10 in names. No, like maybe it's coaching that has kept them together and being so good. That's possibly there. But Carson Wentz behind a questionable offensive line is just a bad outcome waiting to happen. Now, is he going to have a much better arm than Taylor Heineke did on those outside breaking routes or throws down the sideline of 17 and 27 yards, 100%. Like, Terry McLaurin's probably going to get more of those targets. And Jahan Dotson's a really fun player, catching the ball away from his body and making some difficult grabs. But uh, the Carson Wentz stench on this offense, I don't even know if our boy Scott Turner can can do good enough there. I saw Scott Turner weightlifting. Deadlifting, man. Damn, that was impressive. Scott Turner is very slept on. Everything else about the organization, defensive coordinator. Uh, we, got, we got, I mean, they got fined for training camp stuff. It is impressive. Every bad thing about the NFL, Washington g- gets a part of it. I, I really can't believe it is one, one of the just most crazy franchises we could possibly have. I don't have any takes about this team. Okay, three more. Can we get one of these teams in C tier? I mean, or should we move the Titans to C tier and then the others, these other teams in D tier? <laughs> you didn't like my D tier take for the Titans. No, I, I do like it. I do like it. Um, will Twitter like it? <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm going for. Okay. Then let's go one by one. We've outlined a lot with the New York giants. Um, I almost want to put the, okay. Let me ask you this right now. Let's say, you could only watch for the 2022 NFL season. You don't know what happens for the entire year. Would you rather watch a compilation of all of the Titans offensive snaps or the Giants offensive snaps for the season? <laughs> it is the Giants. Giants and C tier. This is gonna, this is gonna get bad. But I, 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 tr- I truly do love it. I was considering putting them into the C tier. They add Evan Neal. Um, their offensive line actually doesn't look so bad. Uh, what looks bad general. on that offense right now, other than Daniel Jones? Tight end. <laughs> well, that's a position that they're not going to care about. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I think this team has upside though. Like, there's pass, especially in best ball. If Kadarius Tony either breaks out like what we think he has the potential to do or Kenny Galladay bounces back to some certain degree. This offense could be interesting going back uh slot receiver. It's going to be Wandale Robinson, Sterling Shepard tore his Achilles. I think in, in December, uh, Darius Slayton is a cut candidate. He's been working with the twos right now. Um, so I think it's going to be Kadarius or Kenny Galladay. They need one of those two to break out uh, and, and Saquon Barkley to be healthy, but they have, they at least have like potential stars on this offense. Okay. This is my pitch. I don't think we can have the Jets and the Falcons in the same tier. Like, I want to move the Jets up to C tier and get the Falcons in D along with the Seahawks in D. Fair enough. Don't you think? We can't have the Jets and the Falcons in the same group. Yeah, let's do it. Move move the Jets up to C. What do you want to say about the Falcons? Drake London's a beast. Kyle Pitts is a beast. Cordell Patterson's fun. Um, that's all I got. Okay. I'm with you. 
Marcus was watching a bunch of old games of him in preparation just to get a better feel for him. He's basically like a robot playing quarterback. I don't know if you've gotten to watch Top Gun Maverick yet, but he's Rooster. He uh, he doesn't want to just let it all go, pedal to the floor, and let him play and like live in that moment. Instead, he's just nervous. Oh, I got to go to one. I got to go to two. I got to go to three. If he has all the tools, man, if he could just like play some music with all the notes that he has, it'd be, it'd be fun, but he can't, he can't do it. He doesn't know how to relax in there and it, it's too robotic, but man, when he takes off, he's out running defensive backs. He's out running the angles of safeties and everyone. And that there could be some fun there. There could be some fun in the Falcons, along with obviously Kyle Pitts, who we have, you know, entire videos and epilogues on at this point, he's just a different player. Okay. Seattle and D. If they didn't have DK Metcalf, I can put them in, in hell for this quarterback competition. Um, but I'm I'm afraid DK Metcalf is going to show up at my door. <laughs> DK and Tyler Lockett uh, deserve better. I'm really excited for Ken- Kenneth Walker. They obviously drafted two new tackles as well. Kenneth Walker as a pure runner is he's a beast. Is fun is really fun. He's a beast. Um, heck, even Noah Fant in terms of yards after catch capabilities. But now you have a Geno Smith versus. Drew Locke versus maybe one other name coming in, but uh, that doesn't sound like it's off to a rip-roaring start. Okay. Uh, chat, who are moving up from B-tier to A-tier? Well, the- people weren't weren't clamoring for a B-tier to A-tier, Hayden. They were. Uh, they all had the same exact uh, comment, and it's... Yeah, I mean, they're wrong. Patriots to C-tier from everyone. This is why I don't Some ask the chat Patriots for too much. D-tier. Oh, I mean, ridiculous i mean your patriots take is getting crucified at this moment of them being in the b tier all right well just bet bet against mac jones one more time guys you can do it um no i think we should move one of these names from b to a we should move one of these teams from b to a is it the denver broncos i think that's too much belief in the unknown at the moment i understand going from a Drew Locke and Teddy to Russell Wilson and how it's all going to be beautiful. And they're certainly banking on this being an A. I don't know if I can get there as an A with this grouping that we have of this top seven right now. We have to get rid of this double stack of the B I know, I, I agree. It can't be like this. Um, I'm not, Let's put the Broncos in A tier. Really? Let's put the Broncos in A tier. They got some dudes over there. Let's be honest. Because it, it, I don't think it can be the Ravens just yet. No. It can't be the Cardinals. It can't be the Cowboys based on what we've seen. Certainly can't be the Packers I, and the rest of the teams. <laughs> when I was watching the Aaron Jones stuff, the Aaron Rodgers throws from last year were so nuts. Like, he was he was so good <laughs> last year. I mean, I want to put an asterisk. If Julio Jones goes to the Packers, they're A tier. I think let's put, let's put the Broncos in there. They got Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I say we go like that. Okay, this is it. Is there any, for visual purposes, reordering that has to be done within any of these tiers? We We do. Chiefs got to be first. Chiefs have to be first. Yeah. That wasn't the first name you threw out. You threw out the Bucks. Yeah, but then Gronk retired. Man, why why aren't the Bills first? Patrick Mahomes. So... A Tyreek Hill less Chiefs offense is still the number one offense. In Would the you rather have the Chiefs or the Bills uh, skill group? 
it's a toss up, and I would rather have the Chiefs' offensive line. I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes, and they didn't yeah. lose their offensive coordinator. So then, Bucks or Bills? I probably go the Bills because yeah. the Bucks got eliminated first round. But don't sleep on the, the damn Bucks. Look up their no. numbers. Last I mean, year. they're, they're not they're in the S tier, man. This, no, this no, is... but people in the chat were were chirping that the Bucks were eliminated. No, and I saw Tom Brady chirps too. Like, get out of yeah. here, man. Fit, fit romanticizing about Tom Brady. Yeah, okay. okay. This is the year. Um, okay, A tier. I think I think the Bengals deserve top. I think the Rams probably do. I'm going to go oh. the tiebreaker and then winning the Super Bowl. Okay, so then we'll do I'm going to do Rams, Bengals, like Chargers, Broncos. That's solid right there. Okay, that's our A tier. Rams, Bengals, Chargers, Broncos. B tier. <laughs> okay, let's. Is there any of these that you think deserves to be number one, or do we kind of have it with the Ravens at one? Packers, Packers at one, and Rodgers so so good last year. Yeah, with I mean no, you have to with no Bakhtiari and no wide receiver, other than Alan Lazard. I'm, I'm looking at the other like the Ravens. I don't know. I, I, I like. I like. I think it's just more bankable that Aaron Rodgers is going to keep that offense afloat. I would personally put the Ravens at one, but we'll keep them at two. Um, to me, this is probably the top four. But then, man, I want to put Raiders and Vikings. I want to put the Colts up there. I I think the Dolphins and the Patriots deserve to be in the back of this list. Yes. Yes. I think they deserve to be in the back of this list. And then I'm going to put we're going to do 49ers, Colts, Raiders, Eagles. I think the Eagles are identical to the 49ers. Like those two offenses to me look the exact right. same. Um, so let's do it here. This is the order. Packers, Ravens, Cardinals, Cowboys, Eagles. There's your first five in beer. B. Then 49ers, Colts, Raiders, Vikings, Patriots, Dolphins. I'd flip the Colts down with the Vikings, I think. But outside of that, I'm, I'm good with this. Okay. Okay. C tier. Move Steelers Jaguars first? to the end of this. Yeah, move to the Jaguars to the end of this. <laughs> Steelers first. Yeah. Nah, Saints first? Yeah, but until Kamara gets suspended. Saints first. I mean, Lions. Oh, I feel like there's two different tiers here. I feel like it's these three and then these three. Anyways, this is good. I think this is good. Saints, Steelers, Lions, Giants, Jets, and then Jaguars in the sea. I think we're just sneaking the Titans down the middle of <laughs> D tier. Titans, good luck and congratulations. You're top of D tier. <laughs> Hayden, that was an incredible statement by me. It was. Of which team, if you didn't get to watch any of you, and all of you do this at home too, if you didn't get to watch the 2022 NFL season and someone said, okay, you either get to watch the entire season of the Titans offense or the Jets offense, which one would it be? Or the Giants offense, which one would it be? It would easily be the Giants or the Jets over the Titans for me. Point blank period. The Traylon Burks bros are going to be having a field day in your mentions. I'm going to send them your way. Okay. 
I think the Falcons belong. A, mm, I think it goes Panthers, Falcons, Washington, and then Seattle. That works. Okay. Uh, and then it's going to be Texans. No, it's going to be Bears, Texans, and then Browns at the end. Perfect. <laughs> Screenshot it. Let's go. Screenshot it. That's it. Yes, Gary, the Jets. The Jets, Gary. Look, you can do your own. Send them to Hayden. Do this own exercise. Leave in the comments. I want to see your tears. Yeah, yeah. Tell us where we went wrong. Even though it's sterling, it's pristine, it's perfect. We did nothing wrong. Okay. This was a fun little exercise. Thursday, back to the grindstone. Thursday, we're going to do running back rankings. So I have a ton of homework to do on that one. Um, but I appreciate everyone tuning in for this. Again, this was just ranking the top 32 offenses in the league from the eyes of Hayden Winks and Josh Norris. And if you couldn't see a single snap of the 2022 NFL season, in which order would you want to watch them? Okay. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? For more tiers, go to Trill's YouTube channel. They're every single day, three hours a, a day. That's insane what they're doing. Every single Tuesday, they do tiers, um, like cereal boxes, like a bunch of random <laughs> shit. It's the best. Okay. And subscribe to the channel. Appreciate it. All right. We will. See you on Thursday. For Hayden, I'm Josh. Up the bell. Talk to y'all soon. See ya. <laughs>